Filmmaker Commentary, episode 53. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we give you insights from our favorite filmmaking commentaries. These commentaries can be heard on your DVD and Blu-rays of your favorite movies. We'll show you how you can use these commentaries and apply them to improve your video production and filmmaking techniques. All of this here on Filmmaker Commentary. I'm your host, Reginald Titus Jr. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I am joined with... Captain America. No, KCG Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And we are going to be covering Captain America, The Winter Soldier, directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo, the Russo brothers. Yes. You know, as filmmakers, as producers, we watch the commentaries of some of our favorite movies, so you don't have to. We pass those tips on to you. This is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary. Please know that there will be spoilers. spoilers. You've been forewarned. Yes, indeed. Before we dive into this film, we are going to talk about news and movies watched. News and movies watched. Um, as far as news, James Gunn is back, right? Oh, yeah. In what, a big way. So if y'all have been hiding or under a rock or whatever, uh, James Gunn is director of Guardians of the Galaxy. So he's been put on, put back on Guardians of the Galaxy 3, right? Yes, after being very uh, publicly uh, released by Disney uh, last year mm-hmm. and booted off of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, um, Gunn went on to then be hired by Warner Brothers to helm the the Suicide Squad movie, which is a more or less a soft reboot to uh, Warner Brothers slash Disney's Suicide Squad. So it's almost like he went to the competitor's side. But now... James Gunn has been brought back on to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and he's still going to do The Suicide Squad after... No, he'll, he'll still do Suicide Squad, and then he will do Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which I think is a win uh, for the industry. Uh, yeah. Break through some of the... You know, some, some, some fanboys and fangirls get just too crazy about the rivalry, and, and now you got a director doing movies for both. Just go and enjoy. There you have it. There you have it. So, and his, you know, came from the, his Twitter timeline and all that stuff last year. And he, you know, he apologized, you know, gracefully and, you know, just took his punishment on the chin and uh, it came back twofold. Well, here's the interesting thing. When this article came out, I believe it was from, I think Variety may mm-hmm. have been the ones to break the story. Uh, but what you find out in that article is that this, this deal had actually been done months ago. So maybe even... Maybe even late December, maybe before the end of the, of the year, right. this deal had been done. They had actually brought him back. And this is pretty unprecedented to see a, a major powerhouse like Disney actually go back and say, you know what? We, we made a mistake and uh, we need to bring this guy back on because the, number one, you have the outrage from the fans, but the collective uh, unity of the actors yeah. of Guardian Gas, the, the, the beautifully crafted letter that the group wrote, I think it was penned by Chris Pratt, he's given credit for, it, and then all. All of them signed it. Um, obviously, know Dave Batista on his Twitter. He was just outraged. Yeah, machine. There's yeah. been this awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you said this. This is an awesome meme going around. He he's uh, he's recently showed back up in the WWE, and he mm. had this exchange with with Triple H on Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. where uh, the whole thing is about you know him wanting to get a match with Triple H at WrestleMania, and and, and they were just going back and forth. And you can see like Dave Batista's acting chops. Like he's he's giving he's moments developed. to let things yeah breathe, and he's more intense, and he, he's spitting everywhere on, on the mic. Gross. He's just he's just yelling, "Give me what I want, give me what I want." <laughs> and so somebody literally made this meme of like you know Jay, 
James Gunn makes it back into the MCU and it, it, is, it cut to Batista. Give me what I want. Just give me what I want. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. It is money. It is absolute money. Uh, but that, yeah, that just had happened that, that Monday. I was like, ah, oh, that's great. That is so great. That is hilarious. And then um, Taika, did I say his name correctly? Mm-hmm. Taika, um, on his Twitter, how do you say his last name? YTT. YTT. On his Twitter, he he put up, what the hell? I thought I was going to direct y'all. <laughs> he's so sharp. Tyga is so sharp, man. He is on it. Yeah. So I think that was, you know, he was doing that just in fun. Smart, smart, smart. Continue to make that money, Marvel. Yes, sir. Speaking of Marvel, Captain Marvel still kicking butt at the box office with $760 million at the box office currently. Yeah. Worldwide. It, That's it, worldwide. Yeah. It has been, uh, it had a little bit of a, you know, most movies will experience a, a drop, you know, uh, from first weekend to second weekend, but still going strong. Um, it's gonna be it'll be fascinating to see if it kind of you know hits a level and then holds legs, and if it'll be able to crack a billion, which man, I think I think it I think it will yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah you're at sure. seven seven hundred. If you had seven hundred million already on the second week, why not? Yeah. And Marvel is such a strong machine now at this point. They can put any story they want out, and it's going to make money, in my opinion. And I'm curious what markets it hasn't opened up in yet. Because mm-hmm. when it did its worldwide release, I don't, uh, I don't know if it's, if it's in China yet or not, uh, because that's huge. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked to see what markets it has not opened up in yet. Um, did we talk about in-game trailer last time? No, we did not. Well... Um, maybe it wasn't out at the time. No, it dropped. Was it this past week? Yeah, it dropped this week. A few week. days ago. So trailers, Endgame, thoughts. Yeah. Me personally, uh, when it comes to that movie, I told people, you know, I, I, I was on Facebook or something. I was like, I don't even need to see a trailer. Just drop the movie and I'll show up. Well, that And I think that's the case for quite a few of us, especially those who have seen Infinity War. And it's so funny because I'm such a hypocrite because literally, literally Thursday night, yeah. I, I went to go borrow a copy of Captain America Winter Soldier from one of my buddies and we literally started talking about um, Endgame. And I literally said to him that night, I said, man, you know what? I don't even need to see any more trailers. I was like, I'm good. I said, yeah. you know, if another one comes out, I probably won't even watch it. Oh, I don't you know, was bold like that. I don't want to know anything you else. I'm just ready. <laughs> And then literally that morning, Friday morning, is when they drop the the new in-game trailer. And I was I was I was in my I was in my car. Or maybe I, was, I don't remember where I was. I was somewhere and I, yeah. and I and I saw it and I was like, I squealed like a little girl and I was like I looked around, I was like, I gotta watch it. Boom. And I hit play. I I just pulled up at work. That's what I just pulled up at work and I happened to just look and I saw it and had it played in my car. And uh and I literally sent a text to my buddy, I said, I'm a hypocrite. I, I this trailer dropped, I had to watch it. And uh, I dug it. There's so, so many theories around what we saw and, and trying to figure out what's if everything that we're seeing is real, because Marvel has at times pulled swerves in their marketing. Again, yeah. I always come back to Infinity War, that running shot of everybody running towards right. the camera. That's not in the movie. Yep. You know, that original shot is not in Infinity War. So we see all them walking towards wherever they're walking through the Avengers compound. And now we see Iron Man and Nebula there, which is very interesting. Like, okay, how do they get back to Earth? Where are they going to? A lot of theories. Those suits are super similar to the one that Hank Pym wore in The Wasp and Ant-Man, which I also I recently watched, uh, rewatched. And I saw, I just saw Pym's suit. I'm like, same design. Mm-mm. It's the same design, the same colors. Okay. So it's a theory that they're going to go into the quantum realm and... Uh, a lot of theories that are about there's going to be some kind of time travel involved. Um, 
I think we I th- I think they may get into the quantum realm, get separated, and I think they're going to wind up different adventures are going to wind up in different places uh with different elements of time. That's kind of become my my theory. Uh if all if what we've seen is only the first say say 20 30 minutes of the film, I think in the mist they get separated mm-hmm. and they end up in different realities. So we may see some characters that we haven't seen before. Yeah. And we may see alternate versions of characters that we haven't seen before. That's just kind of my theory as they're trying to figure out how to, you know, turn back time. More money, more money, more money. Yeah, what do you think of the trailer, Reginald? Um, I, again, I, you I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Okay. Oh yeah, I watched it. I watched the trailer, and I was just like, just hurry up and come out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> can it be April already? Right? Yeah, I was like, just hurry up and come out. Like I had no thoughts really. I was just, I want to see more. I want to see more of the story in the trailer, but that would give a lot away. So I'm just like, let, let me just come on, let, just give me the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel about it. I'm just like, I don't care about the trailer right now. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it because I'm curious. Sure, but I love I love the fact that even with what they've shown, I'm like, you still you still don't, still don't know. know what's happening, and you can just hypothesize and and theorize. And they've um, got they've perfected how to market to their crowd, yeah. to their audience. They know exactly how to mess with people. Yeah, some people are wondering, like, because the paces of the trailers have been slower, people are like, okay, where's the action going to be at in the movie? Because we just see real just hints of it. We see we see. Rocket on top of War Machine flying in somewhere. We see Nebula running in with her her sword about to attack somebody. We see Cap tightening up his shield uh, with, you know, all kinds of, like, just ash Fresh on his face. Yeah, and we see Ant-Man, you know, trampoline off of a, a pencil. But, you know, like, Definitely. not a lot. And we had a lot of flashbacks, you know, the first part of the, of, mm-hmm. of the, of the film with a lot of little red highlights. You know, people wondering, what, is that, what does that symbolize, you know? The suits are uh, nice, though. Yeah, the suits are pretty nice. So I just, man, I just, I think, I think we are in for some very big surprises. They've, they've, Marvel has been, aside from you know those suit images have kind of had leaked kind of before, mm-hmm. but I think, I think Marvel knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah. I think we're going to have some interesting surprises. I think there'll be one more trailer before the movie drops um, at towards the end of April, and uh, it's going to be a ride, ladies and gentlemen. I think this one. Especially if it's better than Infinity. I don't know how you make it better than Infinity War. Oh, that's a tall order. Uh, a but tall if you order. do, it's gonna it'll be the new number one. But we've got all these we have all these things that have to that have to pay off. Like when 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 Tony and Steve see each other, that's going to be a huge moment. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that moment. And, and now you know you know what's going to happen. Um, how does Tony and, and how did Tony Nebula get out of space and how did Captain Marvel, you know, when she gets back to Earth, does, does she, who saves Tony? You know, that's the, all these questions. Anyway. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, movies watched. My mom came into town and hung out with me and the kids and things like that. And we actually watched Black Panther. Hey. And she was like, she's so out of the loop that she said, everybody's been telling me about Black Panther. And at, she's this is after watching the film. She said, I thought this was about the Black Panthers from the 70s. Oh, <laughs> Mama, no! Oh, she said, "I like this movie." <laughs> she, she, this movie, like Black Panther, she said, "I like this movie a whole hey. lot." You know, the Black Panther is one of those films that all you know. I, I watched all the Marvel films. Uh, this is one that, like, just it's a special has like its own special place. You know, absolutely for, for me personally, and for something like my mom to come in and watch it and enjoy it. I'm like, what? And my kids can watch it and enjoy it. Get the, whatever they can get out of it. I can enjoy it for what it is. I'm just like, this is good. When my mom, I told my mom. You have to, because she doesn't go to theaters often. And I told her, Mom, you have to go and support this film. 
in the theater. So her and my cousin went when it when it came out last February. And she sent me a text and said it was great. And I was yeah. like, holy smokes. My mom said Black Panther was great. I was like, I'm in the same boat. But it does have this special feel, this ability to to resonate. And the stories and the characters are, are rich. And, and it's it's got this right blend of, of humor and action. And, and, and it's, it's a thoughtful story. And it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic, man. It's, 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 and it's important. The representation, obviously, For is sure. so important. For sure. Sure. I'm glad she. I'm glad she enjoyed it. Yeah, she liked it. She, I thought it was from the '70s. <laughs> mm. I I was watching um, this this week. I watched multiple episodes of a, of a Netflix a Netflix a Netflix Ooh, a new platform <laughs> Netflix coming soon. No, uh, a Netflix eight part documentary called "The Toys That Made Us." Uh, it launched last year okay. uh, sometime, and so they're just highlighting the history of these different toy brands from from Star Wars, and it started in the, in the late '70s to Tyco. Um, uh, it's, it's more, it's, it's more so like the, like a lot of the franchise brands that we know that are tied uh, in. Like, so they did, they have one on, episode on Star Wars, they have an episode on Barbie, they have an episode on GI Joe, an episode on master of the universe. Oh, uh, yeah. Hello I had, Kitty. I had a lot of those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Transformers. Mm-hmm. And it's the business, you know, as, 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 as business students, mm-hmm. it's super fascinating okay. to watch the business of it, bro. Uh, but also there's the nerd side as well. And that most of these brands, specifically uh, G.I. Joe, Master of the Universe, and Transformers, the toys were made first and then the cartoons came. The cartoons were literally, literally made to sell toys. I like it. Real talk. And I've known that for I've known that for years. But literally the cartoons were made to sell the toys. The comic books. Doesn't it seem kind of backwards though, right? Cuz I mean, like it makes sense. It makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. but like they're expensive. Like those commercial, I mean, not the cartoons to but produce you, those. When you when you see how much money Uh-huh. Are these, in the toys? When you think, okay, you said you had a lot of G.I. Joes. Yeah. I had a lot of G.I. Joes. Yeah. A lot of people had a lot of G.I. Joes. Right. Because of the cartoon. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Team NT, yeah. The, I, mean, I don't think they're on this particular uh, show. They should do one on the Ninja Turtles because, well, Ninja Turtles actually started as a comic book. So they were True. original True. IP and property. So, but all these toys were, were toys first and then created media to yeah. sell the toys. Because G.I. Joe was a, was a, you know, they started out in the 60s. It was a, it was a war Doll. It was it was the first action figure. Okay. You know, Barbie was crushing, and they said we need something for the boys, and they came out with these GI Joe dolls made from the concept of those. You know, those uh, when you go into a, a Hobby Lobby or whatever, and you want to, you know, get one of those art dolls, oh, so you can pose. And, yeah, it, it was literally yeah. made from one of those. That was the starting point. And one of the designers looked literally took some clay and put some clothes on it and some you know, a weapon, and that was the start of GI Joe. That's why they had so many points of articulation. Okay. Came from that. Uh, Anyway, yeah, but it's Full it's circle. quite amazing. It's it's an awesome, awesome show. It's really well done. The episodes are about an hour a piece. But seeing the business side, like this was big, big still big business because these brands are all all still around today, and they've been True. revamped and, and changed, and they've had all had movies. You know, at this point, some successful, some some not so successful. Master of the Universe. They've had animation. They've had like the animated version of the movie, and then they also had the live action version of the movies. A lot of them. Yeah, and di- different Joe. spinoffs. And you see internationally how things come into play. Yeah, Joe's movie could have been better, but yeah, I mean that that should have took off. Yeah, it, it, it yeah it, it should have. They're still trying to work on the third one, but you know, Transformers obviously crushed with their films. I mean, billions. <laughs> you know, quality yeah. is meh. But uh, yeah, they made billions off Transformers. So that was uh, something else that, I, that I've been watching. Really, really enjoyed it. Okay, 
check that one out. Also, uh, to cap off, this is a Marvel month. So, um, watched Infinity War. I was like, we watched Thor, you know, the last episode, Ragnarok. Yes, sir. So, like, let me drop into Infinity War. When I watch Infinity War, because I tend to visit it every now and then, mm-hmm. uh, I just watch certain sequences. So, like, the Hulk fight with Thanos, I'll watch that. And then, since I'm there, I was like, well, I might as well watch how um, Doctor Strange and uh, Stark meet, you know. And then, That's such a since I'm there, I might as well watch the fight and see Spider Man. And since I'm here, you know, it just keeps going. It keeps going. Yeah. I, so I, it's funny. We, before we started recording, you know, we were, we were kind of comparing notes, and you and you and you're like, uh, I don't know which was mentioned at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, I watched Infinity War. You're like, I watched it too. I was like, ah. <laughs> and I, I literally sat through on literally yesterday, and I just sat down and I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm just gonna go through it. And I right. just, I just, I just let it play. And it's like, man, there's so many good scenes. In this the only, the only scene for me in the whole film that that slows down at all is the scene where Thor's, you know, building his hammer. That's the only uh-huh. kind of slow part in the film. But for me, everything else, the pace is just like boom, boom, boom. True. It goes, goes, and goes. But that's the only part. It's a tad bit slow. I, f- I feel it when I get True. there. True. Everything else, boom, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. And yeah, and it's just, you know, the fight scene. And the, fight yeah, scene. When, you, when we're introduced to uh, Thor, the, the Gardens of the Galaxy are introduced oh, to Thor, and then that, he wakes up. That dialogue cracks me hey, up. Hey, that's man. my food. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm taking your pod. No, you will not, sir. You will not be taking our part today. <laughs> Sounding like me. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, that one's, yeah. Wait, that what are you doing? Did you lower your voice? <laughs> no, no, I did not. Yes, you did. You did it again. <laughs> oh, man. It just, oh, it slays me, man. It slays me. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, that one's great. I also watched, I watched Cool Hand Luke. What is, huh? Cool Hand Luke. What is that? It is a movie from the oh, 60s or 70s. I want to say it's probably, it's actually the 60s. Looking at the cinematography, I'm going to guess it's, it's shot it's in the 60s. streaming somewhere? Yeah, I watched it on, it's on Netflix. Watched it on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's a movie that I'd heard the name before and I've always heard good things about it. Uh, it stars Paul Newman. Okay. I was like, man, I need I need to watch this, but I'd always been waiting for, to find it somewhere streaming, and I just happened to see it on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? Let me watch this. So I get all the way through the film. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I get all the way through the film, and about halfway through the film, I realized I watched this my freshman year of high school in my U.S. history class. My teacher had put this on when I saw and heard some of the lines. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you ever hear the line, what we have here is a failure to communicate, comes out of this film. Okay. Like that line comes from there. The movie Life with. Eddie Murphy and yeah. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. It feels like that movie takes influence from this movie okay. because of the kind of film that it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's, it's prison. It's a prison film. Okay, uh, but where they're in kind of these these kind of rural prisons, it's similar to that. And uh, yeah, but it's 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 a I think it's a well done film. Okay, and, and, and Paul Newman's performance is 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 is, is it's nice. It's film nice. history, people. Film history. Yes, sir. Um, and then lastly, do you have anything else you watched? Nope. Last thing I watched, uh, I watched actually on Friday night. I watched, uh, just dropped on Netflix, Triple Threat, uh, the movie oh, with, with Ben uh, Affleck, right? Yeah, and Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. Nice little film. Was nice, it? Yeah. I saw the trailer like, soon. Yeah, nice. Soon. <laughs> nice little uh They were marking in pretty well. It's a nice little action piece, man. I was yeah. like, hey, and... I, yeah, well done. Well Looks done. Like it's well shot with the everyday man, you know, just trying to make a buck. Yeah, nice, nice little film, man. It's got some heart to it. Got some, got some pretty cool action scenes. Reminds me of a video game, um, Ghost Recon Wildlands. The way it's set up, it shot the tactical aspect of yeah. it. They're, they're on it, man. 
But uh, yeah, nice. Did Ben and Affleck do pretty well? I haven't really been a fan. Like Ben Affleck's cool, but I was like, he's kind of fell from grace a little bit. Mm. No, he's good. He's, he's good? good in it. He, yeah, he he's, he's it. got okay. he's got a nice uh, he's got a nice emotional arc within it. You ever see The Accountant? Oh yeah. <sighs> okay, that, that was a good one. Just check. That was a good one. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's what I watched. <laughs> He shouldn't have never did Mad Men. He would have been all right. (laughs) (laughs) Had a go at it. Okay, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us on the News and Movies Watch. We're going to jump right back into the show. All right. You're here with Filmmaker Commentary. We are covering Captain America, The Winter Soldier, directed by the Russo Brothers. I'm going to jump right into the synopsis. After the cataclysmic events in New York with his fellow Avengers, Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, lives in the nation's capital as he tries to adjust to modern times. An attack on a S.H.I.E.L.D. colleague throws Rogers into a web of intrigue that places the whole world at risk. Joining forces with Black Widow and a new ally, the Falcon, Rogers struggles to expose an ever-widening conspiracy. But he and his team soon come up against an unexpected enemy. Captain America... The Winter Soldier. So how did you watch this film when it first came out, and how did you do it this time? Resident nerd here. Uh-huh. Captain America, Steve Rogers, is my favorite superhero of all time. Wow, that's a bold this statement. Is, this Even is, Superman? You know, yeah. This is my man. Okay. Cap is my man. Okay. My, all my peoples know Cap, <laughs> Cap is my man. Okay. Like... Hands down, ever since I was maybe like three years old, okay, Captain okay. America has been my guy. I had a Captain America T-shirt when right. I was that age, and he's been my been my dude. Yeah, second grade, we yeah, Cap's my guy. So when he got his first movie, I was I was highly critical because Cap is great, not just because of Super Soldier Serum, but because of his heart and integrity, but also he trains harder. Mm-hmm. than everybody else. He doesn't just rest on his laurels. Dude's always training. When I went to go see this in the theaters, you know, opening weekend, I was I was absolutely there, especially coming off Avengers, like right. that that high. Oh, man. man. Yo, and seeing the trailers for this. Now, for Winter Soldier, I had, I had read the actual comic book run. Uh, I'd okay. had a chance to catch up with it. Uh, Ed Brubaker, who actually makes a, a cameo in the film, okay. uh, had written this, this story. It was always understood within Captain America lore and in Marvel Comics, there were like three people you normally would like never bring back to life. In DC, it was Jason Todd. In Marvel, it was Uncle Ben, related to Spider-Man. And then with Captain America, it was Bucky. Like Bucky's death meant so much uh, that you, you didn't bring back Bucky. Okay. Ed Brubaker, Brubaker did that. Brought back Bucky, did the whole this whole Winter Soldier thing. And it was tied in the Red Skull. It was, it was, a, it was a nice, dark like run. Mm-hmm. Uh, with what he did there, and when when it was revealed that yo Bucky's the Winter Soldier, people like minds blown, and it was done so well. So knowing when I saw the title Winter Soldier, like he was in, yeah, every Cap fan knew. Oh man, yeah, we saw from the trailers, you knew that's Bucky. You know, that's the Bastion Stan coming back as as Bucky. But watching this film, and again, when we get into favorite scenes, you know, this will come back up. But this film treated Cap like the Super Soldier that he has trained. In this short period of time, he has trained and he has become the ultimate soldier. He was raw in the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the, the power yeah, and all that learning. kind of stuff. Yeah, he was learning. But now he's trained. He's refined. And, yeah, has the access to the internet, access to S.H.I.E.L.D. technology. Yeah. 
to literally pick up any and every martial art form that he could want to. But you combine that with his raw strength. When he's on the ship, he is handling business. <laughs> like, I mean, Cap could easily kill somebody with one punch. And it goes to show how much he actually has to hold back. Um, because if he wanted to hit you for real, one shot, you're dead. And you and you probably wouldn't even see the punch coming. You think how fast our UFC right. artists are. They would have nothing on cap on the real. If he wanted to just take you out, yeah, you'd be done. Done. Done, son. Done. So needless to say, I absolutely adore Cap Winter Soldier. <laughs> and for a lot of people, when you yeah. ask them what their favorite Marvel movie is, yeah. this one is up there mm-hmm. because it's so, you know, besides the fact that it's a superhero film, it's so grounded in reality, which we'll talk about more of uh, as well. Um, as grounded as a superhero film can be, a lot of people rank this one up really high as their favorite MCU film. Yeah. And I, 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 could, I could see why they, why would they would say that. Yeah, for me, I watched it um, when it came out. Uh, we were staying in Fort Worth at the time. Call, um, it, was a, it was a late showing. It was late. Uh, <laughs> me and the wife, with another one of uh, my friends from high school, went to go watch it. I watched the first sequence, like the sequence uh, when you're talking about the boat. I was like, ooh, this is great. They're doing it for real. And, but then after that, I was done. I was <laughs> fell asleep, <laughs> I fell, asleep fell straight asleep. And it was a part where, um, you know, I would, I would phase in and out. And I was like, oh, Samuel Jackson, he's dead. Fury's dead. And so I you missed to, the whole car chase scene. I, so I saw, like, parts of it. I was like, it's loud. So let me see what's going on. Then I go back to sleep. Oh, it's tough, man, when the body's shutting down. Dude, I was like, man, there's too much going on. And then I woke up, and then he's like, oh, he's alive. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> movie done. Okay. Plot device. Um, but then going back this time around. So you hadn't seen it since then? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah. So this time I watched the movie all the way through. You watched the movie. This I was time. focused. <laughs> you got to actually see the. <laughs> and film. I probably watched it somewhere, but not just sat down and just watched it all the way through. It's because uh-huh. um, at first sequence I remember that sequence because I was like, man, this is grounded. This is like Captain America is like doing his thing. You yeah. know, and one thing I do like is great martial arts sequences. We'll talk about that later. But um, so yeah, so this time around I just really enjoyed it. And this is like a film where you don't even really need the dialogue on it. From a visual standpoint, you can follow the whole story without dialogue, honestly. But uh, just because, just from the just from the fighting and what's going on, you can tell what's going on. Visual it's, beats, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That'd be fast. That'd be fascinating to to do. Yeah, this one, a lot of combat. This is like a man film. <laughs> this is a man's film. I can see why my wife, she went to sleep first when she watched when we went to watch. This. Ah. She was out first, and then I was soon after that. But like, this is like a dude film, like straight up. Action. This is yeah. a this is an action film. And again, and this is again this this is this is Captain America at, at at his core. He is the best, and that's what I love about the the directing team of mm-hmm. Joe and Anthony Russo. They are they are legit comic book fans. They are legit fans of Cap. They right. they pitch to get this film. This is their first like major film, mm-hmm. which is even more insane. This is so freaking well done. Like these guys came from shows like Community mm-hmm. and um, Arrested Development, comic like writing comedies. And they came in and pitched for a Cap, and these boys came in and knocked the ball out of the freaking park. Along with the writing duo of Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, Marcus and McFeely. Like it's just like a, a, a four team tandem, and of course with some of the producers, they just man, they yeah, they kill it's it. It's perfect. 
It's perfect. I like it, though. I like it for what it is, man. It's like the straight-up action film. But it's also, again, you can get into themes, like it, it is a 70s political thriller. For and that's sure. something that they threw around continually mm-hmm. like during the development and as, right. the, as the, in the junkets and all that stuff. And a big reason why you got you land an actor like Robert Redford. So mm-hmm. after I saw the film, I'm like, okay, they keep saying 70s political thrillers. I need to watch some 70s political thrillers to like get context. And so I, I actually went and found, it was actually streaming on Netflix at the time, I found Three Days of the Condor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it stars Robert Redford. And it's a good film. All right. It's, it's, it's a film good film. Film history, everybody. That's another Bam. one he dropped on you. Bring That's it. That's two old films. Bringing it. <laughs> For y'all. Cinephile right here. There you go. You know I'm saying? On, on top of this stuff. And Marathon, and they, admit they, they reference Marathon Man, mm-hmm. which I've also seen. Dustin Hoffman, another good film. Yeah. Marathon Man Mar- has one of the most terrifying scenes, the dentist scene. You, you mentioned Marathon Man, synonymous, the dentist scene. It's a torture scene that will make you cringe. Not going. <laughs> Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. So you were talking about, that just leads right into the themes, you know, military industrial complex. It's one of the things I wrote down. Trust and public policy, you know, which is related to the, the military industrial complex. Absolutely. Who, who, who can you trust? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I put, you know, psychological thrill. They make reference to like when they go to the, to the to that military base where Steve was trained and where right. he became Cap, talking about as they're going further in, like they're like going into Steve's psyche, which I thought was right. so fascinating for them to, them to say. I'm like, that's that's pretty deep. It's a good visual too because you're going behind and behind, behind the layers and getting down to what he had thought he had given his life for, and then turns out like they had really Hydra had just infiltrated and, and taken over. But it's interesting that the the way they position Hydra. Is that they really want order at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know? Like they, they they don't see themselves as bad guys, uh, and and, and it, it's summed up in the line that Cap tells Fury, like, "This isn't freedom. This is fear." You know, you want to take these ships and launch them into the air. Honestly, the ships themselves are, you know, they are then going to become the new Winter Soldier. What what they use Winter Soldier for to control and to take out threats individually. Mm-hmm. Now they were just going to do it on a mass scale, and these ships were going to be the new Winter Soldier, always in season, always ready to fight, always on target. Also, I put standing with what you believe in mm-hmm. uh, and inspiring because that, at the core, that's what Cap does so many times in, in the in the uh, in the comics is mm-hmm. that he will take a stand, and you know it's what happens in in Civil War. You know he takes a stand often his his stance will make people change because we see Widow go mm-hmm. through uh, a bit of a change in an arc. True. Um, and they say in here that, that Cap is actually, he is the Winter Soldier because they say the Winter Soldier are the ones who are always ready to fight, always um, ready to, to go to battle. Cap, regardless of where he is, in time, out of time, he's always ready. Which is another theme also I had was that uh, finding your place and slash man out of time uh-huh. Uh, which is always a theme for for Cap. True. You know, him with the list that he had written down. Yeah, the uh, notebook. Did you have? Did you watching the special features? Yes, all of them. Ah, nice. <laughs> except, the, except the del- except the deleted scenes. I didn't watch the deleted scenes. There wasn't too. Yeah, there wasn't too much there. I don't think you're really missing anything in the okay. deleted scenes. But they talk about how with that little notebook that he had. Yeah, talk about the notebook, man, and special features. Yeah. So you know, at the beginning of the film, when he first meets. Um, Falcon. Yes, Sam Wilson, uh, the Falcon. Uh, he's, you know, he mentions to him that he should uh, look up Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man mm-hmm. soundtrack. 
And he said, I'll add to the list. And he literally pulls out a, a little notepad. <laughs> he's he on has, it. He's on it. He's got a list of all these different things to check out. I paused it. Like, I paused the it. first time I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars was a Star Trek. Disco. And, like, Star Wars is, like, marked out and it's a Trek next to it. Yeah. All this stuff for him to check out, pop culture-wise, to get caught up on. And uh, I, I, I actually love the scene where he's like, he's like, you know, you know, how was it living, you know, in these times? He's like, oh, you know, the food's a lot better. We used to boil everything, you know. <laughs> Internet, so so helpful. No polio. Know? Yeah, no polio. I was like, ah, it's, it's great. Him kind of just having that, that laugh. But he has this list. And so what what they point out in the special features is that they actually did a whole campaign uh, to ask people in different countries what were, if somebody were coming, you know, out of a, you know, 60, 70 years sleep and jumping ahead in time, what would be the important things in your culture that they should check out and learn and know about? And so people submitted their ideas. They picked the, like the top 10 or so. Right. And in different regions where Captain America, the Winter Soldier aired, that list is different. So if you watched it in Japan versus, say, in Germany versus, say, in Brazil, Brazil mm-hmm. you would see a different list submitted by people who are from smart. your region or country. Smart. That's so smart. And it makes it more personal to you in that region. And it also makes Captain America just, you know, somebody for the world, mm-hmm. uh, which is another another big thing that people sometimes get totally wrong about Captain America. Captain America does not represent the government. He does not represent any political party. Captain America represents the best of what we could become. He represents an I, uh, an ideal, and he always stands for what he believes in. There's been many times in the comments where he literally has defied the government and literally left the costume behind and become somebody else, whether it was Nomad or whether it was the captain. So he's not. he does not represent the American government, just so you know. Yeah, and that can be misconstrued because he's called... Captain America. Ideals. It's about it's about the American dream. He's he's he said he always says I'm loyal to the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but not to any government. I can dig it. Style. Uh, from a style standpoint, you know, before like listening to what they were saying about style, just um, it felt rigid. It felt um, cold. The colors were cold. Mm-hmm. It felt like I used the word visceral. They used it later, but. You know, it just felt like, uh, like real brutal, you know, the way. Gritty. That, yeah, gritty. Uh, great action sequences. Oh, and man, um, so good. And then there was like, uh, there was suspense, but but you didn't have horror. You know, you were mm-hmm. like, like the suspense was building up, but there's no horror that, that's about to happen. You know, right. It's just suspense because of what's going to happen in the next in the sequence. But that's pretty much all I had for style. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Again, like the, yeah, the muted colors. And you see that kind of from the beginning with. With Cap's costume that he's wearing when he gets on the ship, yeah. you know, totally, totally muted colors. He's, he's, he's on this black ops mission. Right. Um, even the shield, I think, is, is actually yeah. uh, actually I darker was, as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the shield is even muted. I don't know. How, I don't know how you do that. Now, with the vibrating now shield. I was thinking about that. I was like, OK, is it that was the color different? Because I saw that on behind the scenes that the, the shield looked different. And I thought maybe it was just because they're shooting it at night. So they had to make it look even more darker because it was a night scene or was the shield a different color for that time like you know does he have two different shields like why is it like in one part of the movie it's the you know the blue red and just popping but in this particular it's different i know that with different toys that came out around this time there's literally versions of the toys where the shield is literally darker Mm -hmm. looking at this key art here um on imdb it's like a regular colored shield. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in going back and watching that scene again mm-hmm. and, and seeing if the shield is actually 
uh, darker in there. But again, yeah. I know with some of the figures that came out later on, they literally used a darker, uh, darker shield for the deco. Um, but yeah, there's muted colors in general. A lot of handheld shots uh, yeah. through throughout the film. Uh, again, a lot of close-ups, a lot of use of natural light uh, as well. Um, obviously, there are digital effects um, oh, through, yeah. throughout the film, oh, but yeah. they're really well done uh, and, and used for big, big set pieces. ILM again. Oh, man. Absolutely. And just, you know, scenes for where the Falcon is, is flying. But, yeah, for the most part, they, they try to go as practical as possible, which really gives this film, uh, again, like I said, a, a grittiness, a groundedness. Yeah, it feels um, real. Like it could kind yeah. of really happen. The superheroes were chilling around. Like it could really happen like that. And it, and it literally leads to like the suspenseful moments, the way it's shot. Like when, when they're driving along and they picked up Jasper Sitwell and they're talking to him, trying to get information out of him. And out of nowhere, the Winter Soldier arm just grabs him and pulls him out of that the car. That was great. That was great. That dude, is, that man is dead. Hit, was that a Penske? No, it was an 18-wheeler that hit him. <laughs> It was great. It was death that hit that man. He is dusted. I'm like, yo. And he's just so quick. Just tossed him out into into traffic. There are quite a few casualties. <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldier. Like there are people who are not seeing tomorrow. Um but then like when he when the Winter Soldier literally rips the wheel off of off the car while 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 uh Falcon is driving. I'm like Oh, the steering wheel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah, that's that'll strong. Stop He's you. strong. Yeah, that'll stop you. <laughs> where are you going? I've never, I've never seen that happen before. I can't Any action film, I don't, that's new. No, and that, that's something that the Russo say. They love car scenes, and yeah. within within this film, we get two amazing car chases. The True. the Fury car chase yeah. is pretty awesome, and and I love how they they say in the commentary that it should be very difficult to kill Nick Fury. Yeah, and it was, and I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. So here's something also interesting. Um, for those who haven't seen Captain Marvel, you've hopefully seen some of the trailers. Spoilers. Uh, just fast forward, you know, 30 seconds. I'm not going to give any spoilers. All, okay. all, all I'm going to say is this, that after you see Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and then you go back and watch a film like Winter Soldier and, you, and, you, and just seeing Nick Fury's character as a whole, you would understand that somebody who came in contact with somebody like Captain Marvel and what they and what they what he faces in that film why, number one, he would be so prepared because he's experienced things that were literally out of this world that would make him understand there are bigger threats. Mm-hmm. and to So he's always operating for, from an intergalactical seen perspective. Yeah, I've seen things that you guys have no idea about. So I know that we've got some crazy threats here on Earth, but there are threats beyond. Yeah. And so I need to be eight steps ahead. Which it it make it make it makes it, I don't know. It just makes him seem like okay, yeah. Like I, that's crazy how like going, it enhanced when you see more of the films and then you go back to the films to see how true they were to that character leading up to it. That takes some discipline. Oh man, it, it does. And there's some there's some nice revelations in Captain Marvel that that add to that. But them saying that statement, I'm like, yeah, it should be hard to kill Fury. When I think about what he what he's what he's been through, some things he's seen. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense why he is just so freaking prepared. Uh, but yeah, great, great chasings, all all well shot. Yeah, it was a good sequence. Yeah, tell me what isn't broken. The AC works. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Um, okay, talking about sequences. What's your favorite sequences? Oh, the ship is first and foremost. Man, that that again, yeah. that 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 spoke to the, you know, the the eight year old Casey who 
desperately wanted to one just even see a Captain America cartoon because right. Cap Cap wasn't getting much love at all in the eighties or the nineties. A couple of cameos in like you know the X Men animated series towards the very end, but Cap didn't get much love at all in the eighties and nineties. True. When you got the X Men out there, it's kind of hard to compete. Yeah, a couple of appearances on, on Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. There's like one or two episodes, but we're talking super rare. So yeah. it was the comics was the only, you know there was a Captain America the Avengers a video game, um, but Cap wasn't getting a lot of a lot of love. Mm-hmm. You give me a blank like what? What, are you what talking is that? About? Oh, he's now he's making up things. Oh yeah. <laughs> so to see him run run rough shot through that ship, I mean, and just flexing, you know, shield hitting angles, but the martial arts and just the, I mean, just the brutality when he would kick guys and they would fly like ten feet. Yeah. I'm like, that's a super soldier kick right there, buddy. Super yeah. soldier kick. And then yeah. the score off with with George Saint Pierre, who is mm-hmm. playing Baltroc, uh, <laughs> who in the comics his name is Baltroc the Leaper. Mm-hmm. And he's a bit of a joke. When you see his costume and how he's dressed, he's a cheesy character. He's right. like Cap's rogue gallery. Aside from like Red Skull and, and Crossbones, his rogue gallery is always a little bit wonky. Yeah. But uh, they made, but having George St. Pierre come in, they made Baltrock legit. Oh, yeah. He's a truth, man. Oh, yeah. But that's one of my favorite scenes. How about you, man? Same here, man. Um, I really like the fighting style. So I grew up watching just weird uh, combat movies, martial art film, Bruce Lee. Some of the weird Asian films that are just like real fantastic films, kind of like Crouch uh, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Exactly, yes, you know, sir. Kind of like that style. So when people can actually do the thing that they're doing in front of the camera, I I really enjoy that. And the fact that they put the time in, um, uh, what's Chris it? Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah, putting in the time to to learn how to do this because that's four months. That is not uh, easy to do, and uh, he he pulls it off. You know, minus the gymnastic kick they talk about. <laughs> that kick is beautiful. It is. <laughs> That's a, are we good here? Kick? Yeah. <laughs> are we good? Like, we good? really? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, that fighting style and then seeing uh, St. Pierre, because I didn't, like I, I said, I know that face. Like, but I didn't know his name, but I was like, mm-hmm. I know that face. Like, how do I know that face? And I was like, oh, the UFC. Of course I know. That. Like, he's the man. He's, like, pound for pound, like, one of the best of all time. So, like, I know that face. Uh, but seeing him, like, do, like, the Superman punches and things like that, I was like, you know, they know what they're doing. They, yeah. they, they're they coming with it. So, I, I really enjoyed that. That just made for an awesome, like, just, just square off. Well, you got Captain America against, you know, this UFC fighter. And, again, yeah. of course, it's a film. Everybody's safe and all that kind of stuff. But the, the, the speed. You know, mm-hmm. the veracity of that fight of like these two just like well-trained fighters like we're going to we're going to go. We're going to test our metal. And I, I love that, you know, he asked him in French. I thought that Captain America was more than a shield. And then Captain <laughs> America responded back in French. Let's see. Putting his shield on his back and like, let's go. I'm like, yeah. Oh, man, I was I was flipping out in the theater when I when I saw I was like, this is. I could die a happy man. Yeah. This is this is everything I, I wanted. This it, is it was brutal. fantastic. And seeing like just how he's just devastating people, you know, like take like picking them up one by one, and then we know how fast he can run because we just seen him previously just running. What the, what did uh, Falcon say? Like you're running. You just ran like 14 miles, 30 in, miles in 13 in, minutes. In, yeah. So I looked that up. <laughs> so I was like. How fast would that be? So basically, he's running just as fast as Usain Bolt, but for 13 miles straight, which is basically impossible. Well, again, part of the thing with the Super Soda Serum, it yeah. actually changed his DNA where, 
where technically his body doesn't actually produce the toxins that make us tired. Yeah. His body doesn't produce that anymore. Now, you know, at times he breathes just to show exertion as an actor. Yeah. You know, Cap's breathing heavy. But technically, I mean, he can literally fight at peak performance for days. He he, he can go without sleep and fight at peak performance for days. Like, that's just how genetically superior Cap is. But, yeah. you know, they have him breathe because you have to have those... You know those those states. You don't want him to be a robot. Exactly. You know he has to have the. You have, we have to see him get take some damage and get hurt from extreme stuff. You know jumping out of the you know the elevator scene. Another one of my favorites. There you go. Let's jump into Just it. Just showing how I mean, yo, this is the super soldier, and the fact that you had the fact you know Shield and Hyde, Shield slash Hydra tried to come prepared, put ten dudes in an elevator with cattle prongs. You know, like shocking the dude and like trying to like bind him. And literally him like them this trying to them trying to get one arm to the yeah, wall. Yeah. A magnified deal to a wall and he's holding back while like hitting other dudes. <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah. I like the build up to that actual scene, how people are coming in onto the elevator and then, you know, Captain's looking around, notice the guy sweating. He noticing the guy kind of flitching with the gun. He's like, All mm-hmm. right, let's do it. And how he even how, how he even repositions himself because before he's towards the back of the elevator, but he positions himself towards the middle. Yeah, you know, just so his back's not totally against the wall. Like that. That's the other thing, man. The mind of Steve Rogers, the the battle ready awareness, is one of the big things that I love about Cap. He he is assessing the situation. He's a brilliant tactician. But he's still a nice guy. Hey, do any of you want to leave first? <laughs> yeah, he did give him a window. For real. Just for, you know, uh, nostalgia's sake, uh, I'll give you a chance to get out now. <laughs> you decide to stay. Well, you know, I hope the benefits are good with Hydra, the yeah, medical benefits. Right, right. And just, and but after that, for him to jump out of the, out of the elevator, you know, you know, make it drop down a little bit, then jump out and then go all the way to the ground and then bam. Now, again, the shield absorbs impact, but still, you fell a good way. Yeah, onto your arm. And you just grimace. <sighs> and you get up and... <laughs> I like that when he jumped out of the plane, and he's like, does he have a parachute? No, he doesn't. Yeah. Into water, just like that. That's how you're doing it? That's how we're doing it. Just that superior, I mean, just coordination. Just, yeah, man. It reminds me of Universal Soldier with uh, John claude Van Damme back John in the claude. day. Yeah, they're jumping and just swimming like 20 miles an hour. It's crazy. Just ready to go. Um, any other favorite scenes on your end? Um, I did enjoy the car scene with uh, Nick Fury, and they're just you know getting that escape, and that, that was that was brilliant. I had that down too. Had just, the just the suspense of it's like, man, he, he's done. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like no way they they came again. Like the they, the Russos mentioned this in the commentary that when you have characters like again Cap Fury who are just so prepared to get a jump on Fury. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. You get a jump on Nick Fury and you and you bring enough. They brought a small army to take out Fury. Yeah. And he barely got away. Man, yeah. That was that was cool. They, then they show get to show off the technology with the car and his little lightsaber in the pocket. It's uh it worked. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, one of my other favorite scenes I put is the this the knife fight between uh, you know, after the the scene on the bridge uh, once they get down to the ground level, and he's he almost gets ready to take out Black Widow, which I love. I love uh, Scarlett Johansson's reaction when she gets shot in the shoulder, oh, yeah. like the the shock of it. Yeah. Even though she's a seasoned veteran, she's still this, a human. Yeah, and it's the second time she's been shot by this dude. She knows how good he is. He yeah. is the best. Yeah, 
And she's figuring, like, this might be it for me. Right. And then last minute, Cap comes in, bah, and they start going at it. And, uh, like, this guy just has weapons for days. He just keeps pulling out <laughs> more weapons. Like, dude, this, he, he is prepared. He's the ultimate assassin. Yeah. And, but him and Cap just going at it. It's a oh, nice fight. I love, I love when he has the knife and he tries to stab Steve with it and it hits the van yeah. and it just slides I, I like the way it sounds because he's trying to stab him and then there's like a another motor in his arm that makes even more force come in more. I was like, wow. That's yeah, motorized. Brutal. Um, along with that sequence you're talking about when um, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, when she she's flipping to get away from this guy, she you know he blew up a car and uh, she jumps to avoid getting blown up, but she has to jump over the bridge. Yeah. As soon as he jumps over the bridge, at the same time she has this gun attached like Batman style. Oh yeah, and she just swings and she continues to run because she knows Smooth. she has to keep it moving. Smooth, <laughs> and then stops underneath the bridge, sees the shadow, and then bah, 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 like starts shooting and gets a, a shot that would be a headshot yeah. if not for his protective goggles. Yeah, that was like, that yo. was pretty cool. So that was like a like a director thing for you filmmakers out there is like make sure that your audience isn't disoriented. You know, mm-hmm. they know we know where we're at in the scene. That is so good, man. That is so good because there are there are action movies out there. Again, you know, reference Transformers. The Transformers. When I watched the first Transformers movie, I haven't, I haven't watched it since because there were scenes where I was like lost. Yeah, it's like the camera's whirling and twirling. I'm like, this is not fun. Yeah, you know, it's work, like yeah. it's up close, but it's like. This, everything's spinning. I'm like, what's going on? I don't feel it at all in Winter Soldier. The, that yeah. action is fast. It's furious. It's close. But I, you know where characters are at. Yeah. And we get to see from their perspective. So we see her see the shadow. And so she's going to reposition herself to the right because he's expecting her to go where she was running to. But she pops him from another direction. I'm like, golly, this is smart. Yeah. And even even leaving the little uh, the phone with the message uh, yeah. speaking to, to throw him off. I'm like, yeah. Like these are people people performing at peak level. But everybody's kind of in their tier. Because even when we get to the end of the film, mm-hmm. <laughs> when Falcon faces Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and he just takes he just takes Falcon to pieces. Like Falcon is, <laughs> is, is good. Yeah. But he ain't ready for Winter Soldier. Nah, he literally like shoots that thing and just literally like yanks him back. Off. <laughs> <laughs> Takes one wing and literally like just like yeah, get out of here. Like kind of throws him and you know he's he's fallen and ejects the other wing and pulls the the, the parachute last minute. I'm like man, I thought he was gonna break his yeah, knees. I'm that like, was that was cutting it kind of close. That's real close. But it's the suspense, right? It's this yeah. continual suspense. Of, Is this person gonna make it? And trivia. Robert Redford is the founder of the Sundance Film Festival. That's some trivia for you. That's that's solid trivia, man. Solid trivia. Um, influences for this film range from the aforementioned Three Days of the Condor, The Marathon Man, Heat, Terminator, Star Wars, uh, as well as Indiana Jones. The Rooster Brothers say you only know, yeah. have to steal, you know, steal from the best. So there are specific scenes. Yeah. Uh, and Rocky as well. I almost forgot to mention. Like they oh, specifically, the last standoff. Yeah, they, they mentioned two scenes where they're like, this is like, boom, this is like, you know, Rocky and Apollo during Rocky. That's you know, right. Two. When Falcon and the guy from Hydra about the fight, that's Rocky. Yeah, two. that's like to me. That's like the yeah, yeah. Rocky two, like they're mm-hmm. boom, both going at it. Or the, or the end of Rocky. I think of, I think the end of Rocky three 
mm. when they when after when they're both punching at each mm. other. Um, and then, but he talks about when when it's when it's a Winter Soldier and Captain America on the bridge of the helicarrier. Mm-hmm. They said that's like I said, like maybe Rocky One, like Rocky Rocky Apollo. Four because it's Russia, it's America. It's- oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a real mm-hmm. good point. But they make those specific references. Good, yeah, great references. Yeah, you can tell these guys are just like film nerds. Oh man, that's why again, I I I, I knew they would bring it on the commentary. I've, I've mm-hmm. heard them at Q and A sessions. And they're on they're on top of their game. And we already mentioned the list being changed by region. Uh, a good chunk of this was shot in Cleveland. Joe Russo makes an appearance in the film. He actually plays the the doctor. So when they go and see Fury, yeah, um, and he's patching up Black Widow, mm-hmm. that's Joe Russo there. Okay, yeah. Later on, he'd make a he makes an appearance actually in uh, Captain America: Civil War. Okay. Um, Any reason they just like. Just to kind of just throw themselves in there. Right. Well, they mentioned they have quite a bit, like in in some of the scenes where there are crowds. It's mm-hmm. a lot of their family that are playing playing the roles uh, in, in the crowds <laughs> in the mall. They're like they're they're Makes mentioning sense. has a lot of their family that's that's there. So, yeah, you utilize what you can. And I mentioned earlier also uh, again, uh, famed comic book writer Ed Brubaker actually makes a scene. He's actually one of the attendants, uh, one of the scientists working on the Winter Soldier in the the bank vault scene. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's there there in, in the cut. Quotes. Do we have any quotes from this film? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, very first one, start of the movie. On your left. Yeah, yeah. On your left. <laughs> Don't say it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love when, when Black Widow shows up. It, okay, so me, in, in this one, like, Black Widow is like just extra sexy in, yeah. in this one there's, there's, yeah. some, there's something about like just how, how they do her hair in this one and, and like hair. look <laughs> what no because again her hair changes from film to film that's true Iron Man 2 super long like yeah, super it dark like, yeah Avengers, it was like curly and... Avengers it's kind of short and curly in this one it's got this straight I don't know if you call it layered but is it like because of all the look. aliases she has or what's the deal with maybe but she's also I mean she's going to be stylish she's going to yeah. always make sure she's looking her best she's looking to possibly like Get your attention, you know, when she wants to, but she's like just, you know, has this air of confidence. The so. red does it. Whenever you switch over to ginger, it's, it's a rat. Hey, well, yeah, but she just, I mean, the way that it, it's something about it, man, like this is the straightness of it. It just it's symmetrical. It works, it works man. with her. With her yeah, face. I'm like, man, widow, you doing your thing. Scar, Scar Joe's looking quite nice. But when she shows up, she's like, uh, yeah, I'm here to pick up a fossil. I, mean, I just, that just, I, I just cracks me In up. a Carvette. Yes. You know. Yes. I wonder if that was product placement. You know, maybe. Well, they. I mean, I know a lot of Avengers in uh, Iron movies. Audi has a lot of uh, okay placement. So, I'm sure. I'm sure there is some there. You got any quotes? Um, bye bye bikini. Uh, ah, just talk about meeting the Winter Soldier. You know, she gets shot. She shows her little bullet wound, and then um, Captain America's like, "I bet you look terrible in it." So yeah. they have like a lot of sarcasm going back and forth. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I like towards the the end when when Cap's like, "No, we're taking down." You know, I just hide, we're taking down Shield. All of it has to go, and 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 Fury like kind of he gets his look on his face like what the hell, you know? And he's he's looking around and he looks at Maria Hill and and, and then he looks at he looks at uh, Falcon and Falcon says, "Don't look at me. I do what he does, just slower." You know, I just it's a, you know I call back to to the beginning. Uh, I just love that delivery. Also, the beginning when they're on the ship getting when they're on the the airplane getting set to invade the ship. You know, Widow and Cap are talking and. And she's asking what he did the other weekend before. And he's like, well, you know, all the guys in my barbershop quartet are dead. So <laughs> I was like, Cap got jokes. Cap got jokes. 
one I'm trying to remember it's um Nick Fury um you know this is after he's been shot we discovered that he's still alive and I think it's one he's yeah we discovered he's still alive and he's talking about Robert Redford's character and he said this guy chose not to accept the Nobel Peace Prize because peace should be like a duty or something like that right right and then he said it's stuff like this that gives me trust issues. Hey. <laughs> but the way he delivered it reminded me of like Samuel and like a Tarantino. It, that should be an S word. It, oh, like yeah. this, it gives me trust issues. <laughs> like, I, like I was expecting that delivery. Yeah, so it was kind of funny to see him deliver that line. Yeah, again, he, he, gets, those, he gets those moments where he gets to kind of dip into some like the kind of classic Sam stuff that we, right. that we know and love. When he see when Captain America visits Peggy Carter, such a touching moment because again, we deal so much with the theme of being out of time and when she has that beat where all of a sudden when she starts coughing and then all of a sudden she looks at him and she's surprised he's alive, even though they've been talking and you could tell she's got the early set of, of, of like all, yeah, dementia or Alzheimer. Yeah. And, and his response when he says, you know, well, I couldn't leave my best girl. That's touching. I'm like, yo, man, that's yeah. I just, that's, that's so powerful. You know, it's like, dude. And, and the fact that who knows how many times he's gone to visit her and this has happened. Yeah. But he he still goes back. It's just it speaks to the man that he is. Also coming back to Sam in the chase scene when uh, once he finally breaks free and he just I just I just love the way how he says it. Give me the wheel, you know. He's talking <laughs> to the you know, says, Give me the wheel. Like, yeah, yeah, take it, Sam, take it. <laughs> you got any other quotes? That's it. That's all I got. Uh, last one I got again in that, in that same scene towards the end where where you know. Uh, Falcon says, you know, look at me, you know, I just do what he does, but slower. And then, you know, Sam just says, looks like you're giving the orders now, Cap. Yep. And that's so symbolic because we we literally are seeing the rise of the leadership of Captain America. And then once we get into, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron, literally he is he is leading the Avengers. That's true. It's all yeah. under his command now. So, filmmakers, hanging out with us this long, we are going to get the tips from these commentaries, you know, from... From what the Russos, what they were saying, here are some tips that you can use for your own projects. What are some tips? You got some tips for us. Sure. So um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, once you figure out what style you want to shoot and commit to it. So with the Russo brothers, they committed to practicality. Everything they did, their set pieces, well, well starting off with the script uh, and making changes as needed. But the set pieces, it was a commitment to practicality. They tried to base everything uh with with as much as possible, given comic book film, but base everything on a logic within physics, mm-hmm. uh, and really take those things into account. Whether it was sure. Cap's fighting style to uh, Winter Soldier's fighting style to the Hella characters to Falcon's Falcon's uniform. Mm-hmm. So for those who aren't, who aren't familiar with Falcon in the comic books, you know his original appearance. He's in this green and, and, and white outfit, and then bar, by and large, he's known for being in this red and white outfit. Yeah, um, usually with a kind of exposed chest kind of thing. Again, it came out. out. The, yeah, it came out kind of in the sixties and seventies. <laughs> um, but it was yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought it was brilliant that they went the route of making him military guy. Comic books. He's not military. He's 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 got a weird weird origin. I'm not yeah, going to dive into it. Got but his chest out. So <laughs> who knows. No, he was. He actually was like a social worker, but it's, it's a whole thing. It's okay. a whole thing with the cosmic cube and tesseract, and yeah. But making him military and somebody that Steve could trust, I thought was great. So um, going with the physics, what you were saying too, when uh, Black Widow, when she's because she's a woman, she's lighter, but she's taking these men out. When she, she there's a move when she grabs a guy's head, but she has to kick her feet out in order to really 
flip him over. It's like little stuff like that is like, yeah, that's what you would have to do in order to flip a bigger person over. Yeah, they make they make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, and again, when, when Cap's fighting Winter Soldier, you know, him using that bionic arm, uh, you know, and Cap trying to, to, to avoid it, or Cap, you know, literally getting to a point towards the end where he chokes, you know, chokes him out, you know, gets that arm and pulls it down some and puts the legs like, over it. it. It's like, <laughs> Chokes him out. Uh, breaks his arm, too. Dude. Like, yeah. Put him in the UFC little arm bar. and oh. but These dudes, are. I mean, forget steroids. What these guys are on, they just, I mean, Cap gets, is climbing up and gets shot in the leg. So that's where you kind of, you get into more of the, okay, he's super soldier because he gets shot in the leg, shot through the abdomen, yeah. stabbed in the shoulder, it's and still able to climb up and, and, and you know, complete the mission. Um, so, yeah, as much as you can within your genre, commit to practicality. There or commit. Yes. Show great conflict. Um, you can show conflict by t- putting two characters together that have like two different perspectives. So you have Steve, who isn't comfortable with everything, and you have Natasha, who is comfortable with everything. Mm-hmm. And just kind of seeing how they bounce off of each other, even though they're trying to achieve the same goal, but they just have different perspectives. Absolutely. Um, collaborate with your writers. Uh, again, this commentary is both. The Russo brothers and the, the writing duo of Marcus and True. McFeely, who would then go on to both do Captain America's uh, Civil War together and Avengers Infinity War. And then, of course, the upcoming Avengers Endgame. Did it's you feel like four. this uh, commentary was crowded because we've got four people, right, on this one? How did you feel about this commentary? I thought they had a, I thought they had a nice flow. I was concerned mm. when I saw right. when I saw it was going to be all four. I was like, uh, but then when it played, I'm like. They played off each other, I thought, wonderfully. It just mm-hmm. it just flowed. I mean, we've we've listened to some commentaries where you feel you're like, ah, oh. yes. <laughs> but no, they. I thought they had a lovely flow. I think the fact that they'd worked together so much in like eight months working on this script together, right. they highlighted some good things. They were very gracious. Said, okay, why don't you why don't you point this out? And they just, I thought it moved. How about you? What do you think? Same thing. I, I would want to listen to the Russos by themselves mm. and the uh, writers by themselves on their own thing, just to kind of see. You the, want more. Right, I want more. The writer's perspective, and I want to see more technical stuff from the Russos. Uh-huh. Just, just me being selfish. You want more, oh. but overall, it was good though. It was entertaining. It was good. You could at the beginning, you can tell they were like, "Who's going to be the first one?" You know, they all had insight on stuff, and then they finally found their groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, another tip: uh, understand what makes a character likable. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about with Captain America is that because he is so pure. Ultimately, you know, going to be in charge and, and giving orders that for some people that can become like insufferable. Uh, for a long time, people would say, "Oh, yeah, Captain America was boring." Clearly, I never thought that. That's my dude. You know, I, I dig what he stands for. But I knew it would be a challenge to to bring him onto the big screen and 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 for those that aren't in the whole you know goody two shoe things, if you will, to make him more interesting. So to me, he doesn't come off like super interesting, mm-hmm. but it's still he's still a great character. You like he's needed. Like you need this guy. Exactly. Uh, but more entertaining would be more like an anti-hero, somebody like Stark or something like that. That's a more entertaining type of person. Sure, sure. Because some people, they, you know, they, they like some of those sensibilities. Right. Um, which are, 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 you know, funny and intriguing. And so what they do with Cap, they, they play with two things. One, um, the whole man on a time thing. Right, yeah. getting him caught up on things—it's always fun. They, they, they often refer to Rip Van Winkle, the Rip Van mm-hmm. Winkle kind of story. But two, they you know they they often refer to Cap almost like Rocky, yeah. And that Rocky works best when you put him in almost uh, impossible to, circumstances, and and when he's getting the heck beat out of when he's getting his, when he's getting his, he's getting his butt kicked, and Cap will will go into situations where he gets beat down, 
but then we want to see him come back because he's so yeah. good. Then that that makes us cheer for him and makes him so likable. Yeah, and I can agree with that, especially like um, in Infinity War when he makes his uh, his appearance. Like, hey, it's, it's the homie, yes sir, <laughs> mommy. So you stole the bid, but uh, you didn't I Thor say that. <laughs> I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, use real world references. So during the car chase, they were talking about a Brazilian car chase that <laughs> in Brazil, like they were chasing this guy and like it came to a complete stop and the police people were coming out of the car uh, to come shoot this guy or whatever they were trying to do to him. But uh, they took reference from from a real car chase. So use real world references. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but also sometimes casting real fighters. We mentioned George St. Pierre um, can help bring certain action scenes to to life sometimes not not yeah. not not all the time you know um but it, they used him i think just right he yeah th- he delivered his lines didn't have to just, say too much yeah delivered lines was menacing as, as he needed to be didn't seem like he i mean he felt he seemed natural honestly he seemed it pretty did. natural i want to think about mike i've seen other ufc fighters try to do some acting stuff eh, you know. yeah don't give him that much dialogue i didn't know who he was at first you know mm. i didn't know hey that's saint pierre you know, but I knew for whatever reason they got this guy singled out for whatever yeah. reason. I knew that. So me seeing it from that perspective, I was like, it came off like brilliant. But then later on, like, oh, that's St. Pierre. No wonder I, you know, whatever. But I didn't go into it knowing that. And so that's also the other advantage of when you have somebody who can actually fight, then you can have, you can make the fight feel more visceral and mm-hmm. realistic because now you can have close ups of their face yep. in the midst of the fight. And again, another, you know, more kudos to Chris Evans. Uh, who put in that time to train? Now again, he has some amazing stunt, um, an amazing stunt double, as does uh, Scarlett Bucky. Johansson. Oh yeah, her her stunt double, Moneymaker. Yeah, uh, what's her name? It. Yeah, what's her name? Moneymaker, and she's like, like, like. I mean, and all she does all of her stuff. You know, Black Widow, and they just work in tandem so so well, and they they literally do look alike. And I'm glad they use a woman because sometimes I've seen stuff where it's you can tell it's a dude with oh. a wig on doing. <laughs> Doing triple kicks and stuff. I'm like, nah, fam. You can oh, tell. Man. It don't matter. The height doesn't matter. You can tell. The build different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, they're, 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 give the work to the women. Yes. The women uh, stunt actors. There, there's some great ones out there. So, yeah, stick with that. Um, they were talking about using, like, you know, you can use uh, homage. And so they uh, referenced De Palma and some of the suspenseful suspenseful situations. So when you put, like, your likable character in an impossible situation that's paying homage to De Palma. So do your film history, do some research, and, and use it in your own films. And they were specifically talking about the elevator sequence and the car sequence with uh, Nick Fury. Yes. Uh, likewise, they talked about, uh, they reference from the movie District 9 and, oh, uh, yeah. Bloom, and um, Neil Blomkamp mm-hmm. and how in that movie a lot of things look weathered and worn and so yeah. they 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 were they would, they would say they, they had a prop that needed to look like it was weathered and they said Blomkamp it <laughs> Blomkamp it. Make, it, make it look like it's, like, it's, like it's worn been used been through some things District 9 yeah that's a good reference because they, they pull that off yeah they do that's a Incredible one. Uh, I also had a note of you know finding the right actors, uh, the right combination of actors to allow for vulnerability. So mm. again, Nick Fury is a guy who's al- he's always in control. Mm. Well, up until this point, we've always seen him in control, multiple steps ahead, not vulnerable. This is the first time we've seen Nick Fury vulnerable. But and it's not just in the car scene; it's before when he actually meets with Robert Redford's character. 
and it's and it's cool for me like an actor hierarchy kind of thing you know redford i mean it's like classics considered one of the greatest of all time mm-hmm. for him to be in a scene with sam and him to be kind of you know sam's boss and sam kind of give that deference to to redford like mm-hmm. kind of his mentor who kind of brought him up and also there being things that you know clearance that nick fury doesn't have it's mm-hmm. like wait what like isn't, isn't he the top top guy and you find no there's actually one dude who is you know above him mm-hmm. huh so that vulnerability works you're like oh that's robert redford also a guy who when you think about the whole grand scheme of of this genre of movie he was he was the guy and for a lot of people if they had done a captain america movie like in the 60s or 70s he would have been the guy you would want to play captain america mm, okay. just from a just, just from like a, a character and a look standpoint robert redford was the guy he was the heartthrob he was but also the actor mm. he was the dude he was the man Redford was the man. Film history lesson. History, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, use ghosts from the past to tell the story without using old footage. So there's a part when Captain America, he's going back to the camp where they he was created at, basically. Or was it he was doing training or was he created there? Mm-hmm, both. And um, you see him about to go into the building and then you see like the ghosts from the past of him training and all that stuff like happening right then and there. Uh, because uh, the directors talk about, you know, they get nervous when they start talking about using footage from another movie, from a previous movie, and putting it into their footage. It's like, nah, we can let's find a, a creative way we can do this without having to do that. Yes, and also in even just uh, physically, you know, physically creating a flashback. Later on, we see the one of him and uh, him and Bucky, mm-hmm. uh, where they actually are are, are talking right, right after you know, like Steve's mom had just mm-hmm. been buried. Uh, and even figuring out where to place that scene, which they put right on the bridge, right, but right after, right after we see the Winter Soldier being reprogrammed, you know, wiped and reprogrammed again, it was, it was a good placement for that scene. Um, bring options to the editing room. Yes, you know they talk about in the scene where Fury is dying, how they they want to keep the focus on Widow, and we see her reflection, and where we're seeing her emotions through the reflection in the glass, mm-hmm. uh, even though Maria Hill and Cap are both there. Uh, she had this special relationship with with Fury, and one of the writers actually asked him, "Like, did you guys, you know, when you set the scene up, did you make it a point to focus on uh, on Black Widow?" And they said, "No, we made sure we had options." And said, "You yeah. know, we we did this scene you know, multiple times, but we made sure we had coverage on yeah. multiple ends. So we always think it's a good idea to bring options into the editing room, so you're not just stuck all of a sudden." My God, and it was a good scene because. We talked in, in the past, just seeing the reaction that an actor has toward what's going on, and she nails it. Yeah, and again, somebody. And we talk about that vulnerability. Somebody mm-hmm. who always is like they're in control of the situation and, and knows what's happening or has has some kind of extra insight is truly taken off guard and truly is like like showing that she really cared about somebody. She cared about Fury. Mm-hmm. Like that's like okay. Yeah, that's, there's a lot of layers to her character. I didn't really think about it, but there are a lot because she plays around like everything is fine and mm-hmm. everything she's always got jokes so you don't go so you don't get to the heart of what's really going on with her but that kind of gets nick fury dying and then uh uh captain america saving her life you know things start changing with her when you look at the film as a whole and you look at the when you look at what happens later on in the mcu this film was was quintessential in the, the in the development of all these characters cap changed fundamentally um, with, you know, not so much being dedicated to country anymore. And we see that take its next step into civil war. Right. Uh, Widow, Black Widow begins to open herself up more. And we see that continuation when we go into Avengers Age of Ultron and her kind of looking at Bruce Banner a little bit different, a little bit of a romance sparking up there. We see it with, with, with 
Falcon, who again, he's kind of not really in in um, Age of Ultron, but he's got a big role in, in in Civil War, and just him being not not he's not Cap's sidekick, he's his partner. Like they're like buddies. We see the beginning of Winter Soldier beginning to get his memory back, and how big a role he would play in that 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 whole thing of trying to redeem his friend coming into play, and, and the kind of the crux of of uh, of Civil War, and of course of course ultimate like this destruction of of shield which is a pretty freaking big deal and here's what's interesting that 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 shield tv show that was on yeah literally like that same week that that episode premiered there i think nick fury actually was on an episode that episode of shield and shield actually is the whole season then begins to takes a turn and begins to deal with hydra having infiltrated shield all this time and just the fallout of that which was pretty freaking brilliant Mm-hmm. That they tied that together that way, and it was tougher for them to do later on. But that that was kind of the last major bit of like, ah, uh, this is tied together. I was watching that series, maybe like a season or so, and then it just disappeared. Yeah, I was I was like the first like two mm-hmm. two two seasons. So I was like I was, I was like board. in it. Yeah, yeah, and I just got kind of just fell off. But I I heard it's like the third season. Was there one that introduced Ghost Rider? I heard it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all on Netflix. I haven't, but I haven't gone back to it. But me neither. Yeah. Well, eventually, eventually, I think I will. Any, any other tips? All right, I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of these uh, real quick. Assign story space to moments so you can allow your audiences some time to be to be fooled. Okay. So again, it's kind of going back to the scene where Fury dies. Right. Uh, quote unquote dies. You have to know when you're going to place kind of certain emotional scenes like that and how much time you're going to you're going to give for the score, cue and dialogue to let the audience see certain things to have them buy into. Oh, Fury's really dead. You know, so it's not only Natasha's Black Widow's reactions, but even like her, you know, kissing him on the forehead and like kind of this it's like slowly kind of panning out, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in that scene and then the, the score that's playing. Because you know, audiences have seen audiences have seen hundreds of hours of film and cinema, and they've seen people die. We've so. seen a lot of scenes in here we've seen before. Yeah, straight up, there's a lot of tropes. Yeah, this being one. Yeah, and so, but you got to still get that beat for yeah. where we know, okay, the way this plays out, this is this is concrete, man. This guy's dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, when you see the body there and them looking at the body, it's like, whoa, it's kind of concrete. Mm-hmm. So you got to get that finality. You can also keep audiences off balance through cutting from a scene that's silent and they cutting to a scene with a loud noise. Mm-hmm. And they use the example with Jasper Sitwell mm-hmm. when they, they go from him having the, the red laser on his chest, yeah. like, a, like, like Widow has him in her sights, right. to all of a sudden, boom, the sound of a door you know, being, him, <laughs> yeah, being kicked through bu- a door in a room. That's hilarious. That was, he gets busted through the door and he does a tumble. Oh, yeah. And so that's that, that boom, that, that contrast, uh, or even going from loud all of a sudden to something uh, quiet. Uh, so contrasting that way. It was a good introduction to Falcon, too, because he gets kicked off the building. And I'm like, dang, he, it's us a wrap. <laughs> yeah, that guy is definitely. Because nobody, like, Cap can't go jump after him. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, nobody can. And then out of nowhere, you see Falcon, like, drop him off. He's like, oh, he can fly? <laughs> That, that will make you confess anything. Yeah. <laughs> you free falling a couple of hundred feet. And then somebody just grabs you and they have wings? What are you talking about? Mm. So yeah. there were some great introductions in the film. But yeah, the Falcon and then uh, the Winter Soldier snatching the, the shield out of the air when Captain America throws it. Like, whoa. Like, those were some great introductions. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, man. Yes. Yes, sir. Having your design choices work within the, the theme of your of your movie. They, saw, they talk about the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, the physical building. It's called the Triescalon. And depending on where you, you see it from, like from one angle, it's it overlooks like kind of the like old D.C., and some of the, I guess, some of the like political buildings and things of that nature. From another angle, it's overlooking Virginia and some of the newer structures. Uh, so it kind of, to a degree, plays thematically within the uh, the needs of the film. Have your your effects team study your shooting style. That helped out later on with um, ILM um, and some of the big scenes with the helicarriers because they had watched some some of the dailies and they kind of knew mm-hmm. how the Russos were shooting. You know, balance your character moments. In the third act, speaking of Falcon, you know, he'd obviously been introduced, but, you know, really letting him, no pun intended, but soar and have some amazing moments in that third act to show just how badass he was in a flight suit. Yeah. Um, I like the scene when he's, um, the the missiles are following him and he's going towards, I guess that's the, I don't know what that deck is, that little sphere. And uh, he just puts his wings in, does a little tumble. Roll. I'm like, dang, okay. That, that was good. I haven't seen that in cinema. Hey, and what what I love with Falcon is that each film he gets more and more badass. Mm-hmm. Like, just like how, like, in, which, once you get to um, Cap Civil War, mm-hmm. like, what he's doing with, like, with like the Stark upgrades, you know, yeah. is it like Red Wing, he's, like, got missiles coming out here and there. And yeah. I'm like, this dude, like, has... He's yo know, next to Hawkeye. He's the most like human guy on the team. True, and yeah, he's doing more. <laughs> no offense, <laughs> no offense, Clint. Love you, love you, man. Uh, but but yeah, like those wings and the tech. He's just like wrecking shop on people, and like ruthless. And guys, guys, like what? What do you want to do? I got Red Wing over here. Yeah, and those are those are the, well, that's all the tips. That's all the tips that I got. Well, well, what are we? We're gonna take a break. But um, about a week and a half from now, what are we going to go over? Um, so I think we can do. So how about how about we go Civil War? So we're doing Cap. We'll do Civil War and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, wrap up the superheroes killing at the box office, <laughs> killing it. So next time we are going to dive into what Captain America Civil War. Yes, indeed. And if you want to check us out, you can check us out. On these platforms. That would be iTunes, where you can subscribe and like and leave a review, as well as you can go to the website, facebook.com forward slash filmmaker commentary. If there is a certain film out there that we haven't reviewed yet that has commentary, please feel free to let us know and uh, we can look into checking it out. If you'd like to follow Reginald, you can find him on Twitter at Reggie Titus. Or you can find him on Instagram at Reginald Titus Jr. That's J-R. Uh, you could also, on Instagram, find us at Filmmaker Commentary. If you're looking to follow me, I'm simply at KCGSmith32 on both Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, peace. Peace.